When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. And Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, yeah, great to have your company uh, here on Sports Day. The early Sports Day with Pete of Lajos here on SENWA throughout Western Australia. Of course, 4 o'clock today, we've got the first of the T20 World Cup semi-finals, New Zealand and Pakistan. After the program at 2 o'clock, an early start for Hayes and Mato and the run home. Well, earning a place in Australia's soccer team, because soccer is now going to be all the rage for the next month and a bit with uh, the biggest event on the planet, and it's significantly the biggest event, even greater the Olympics, on our doorstep with the Soccer World Cup in Qatar. But as I said, earning a place in Australia's soccer team as a West Australian-based player was no easy task in the 1970s, with the state not having any national identity. So the effort of this individual to go on and captain the Australian team on the international stage was a meritorious achievement. Now, he was the first soccer inductee to the WA Hall of Champions, as has another and has many other firsts to his credit as well, including being the only player from WA to captain the national side, leading them twice in 1978 during a tour of Australia by Greece. Let's get to know Gary Marocchi. Gary, thanks for joining getting us. Getting to know you. Yeah, good afternoon, Peter. Yeah, I was just waiting for Julie Andrews to come in. She's just come in now. Uh, uh, the segment, Getting to Know You. Gary, before we look at the, the Gary Marocchi journey to a certain degree, and we could speak to you for hours because your journey is so, so long, um, your thoughts on the Socceroos squad that was announced uh, yesterday by Graham Arnold? Yeah, some very surprising uh, moves and some bolters in the team, Peter, but... Uh, Obviously, Graham Arnold would have his uh, reasons for it, but very surprising with the goalkeeper selection because um, I would have thought Mitch Langurak, who's playing very well in Asia at the moment, a lot of clean sheets, and he made himself available. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, um, he was uh, left out. And Graham Arnold has said he didn't make the decision. The goalkeeper made, coach made the decision. And I'm thinking... Geez, I would have thought um, Graham Arnold would have been the one, you know, fronting the media making mm. that decision. But very strange. But feel very disappointed that, um, you know, he did not get selected. And uh, I think Mitch Langerak is certainly won't, won't play again for Australia. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and Gary Marocchi, of course, is our Aussie interview of the month. Uh, thanks to uh, Australia no, right now. It's important to buy Australian right now. The logo, uh, look for the logo, by the way. Be sure it's Aussie. Now, Gary, let's talk about Gary Marocchi. Uh, you had no choice but to play football or soccer as we know it. You grew up in a, a family full of boys. I know your mum and dad, your late mum and dad, just loved uh, the game. And I believe your dad 
played in the very, very first Azuri team, which was the Italian heritage team uh, back in the 1940s. Tell us about those early years when you were growing up uh, in inner city well, Perth. that was certainly the case, Pete, and the family. We lived opposite Hyde Park, which was only about a kilometre from Doring Gardens. And in the early years, uh, you know, if everyone realises the Northbridge area was a lot of Europeans, uh, there was a lot of Greeks, there was a lot of Yugoslavs. And after school, we'd always go and play at Hyde Park. Uh, and what did we play? We didn't play the uh, oval ball. We played the round ball soccer game. Mm. We used to get kicked off quite regularly by the um, the ranger because in those days, you, you weren't supposed to be playing in Hyde Park. But uh, we always used to find uh, after school find half an hour to have a kick around with our mates and uh, it used to be quite a large uh, gathering of players and that's where we first uh, got started but being the youngest of four brothers who all played um, I certainly got tagged along so and I got tagged along at a very early age so obviously that was to my benefit. Of course your brothers Bruno, Eric, uh, Leo and yourself uh, what was it like in the Meraki household was it just soccer 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 all the time? Well, that was quite a madhouse, Pete, and it certainly was. And it's interesting that, you know, we all follow European football and we all follow Italian teams. And it's interesting that uh, this three, four, out of the four brothers, we'll have uh, support of three different teams. And uh, so that brings a fair bit of rivalry. You know, I was, I'm a Juventus supporter and we've been uh, pretty fortunate over the last 10 years to have won nine in a row. Obviously, a very poor season last year, not doing that well this year. So my brothers uh, who are the AC Milan supporters and Inter Milan supporters have certainly been giving it to me the last day. <laughs> Gary, of course, uh, children always look up to their parents and their parents provide the guidance. And uh, I knew your mother well. Didn't uh, get to know your father that well, but I know he was very passionate ab- about the sport. Uh, what about your parents and the driving force behind the four brothers? Well, I think uh, my father was a very quiet person. He was an introvert, but um, he just what he, he said what he had to say, and uh, he certainly wanted his children to be playing the round ball. And but Mum was very hands-on. She used to run the canteen at the juniors, and uh, she was very active on match days. And you know, she became president of the WA Italian Club, the ladies' committee as well. And so she was very. Uh, how could I say volunteer orientated and uh, and you know she was very happy to be at you know our games uh, running the canteen she was here there and everywhere and uh, you know fixed the shorts she even actually made shorts uh, for players uh, in the early days and uh, you know if you had to put the numbers on the shirts you know in the old days it wasn't uh, iron on like they have today Um, she'd do all that and um, you know she'd fix any uh, damaged gear and all that and so you know, the family was, you know, we were close to Doring Gardens and it made life a lot easier, but uh, my mother was very happy to be involved. Gary, uh, we're getting to know Gary Marocchi here on SENWA, now getting to know segment on this Wednesday. Of course, naturally you played at the Sky Blues, Perth, Missouri, you went through the juniors uh, and, of course, you became one of the star players of your generation there at Perth, Missouri. Uh, as I said, we probably need to take a couple of shortcuts because we could talk for hours. How did the invitation come for you to go to Adelaide and play in the old National Soccer League, which was a heck of a competition during that uh, when it was informed in the late 1970s? Yeah, I'll make it quite quick, Pete. I had I got selected to play for the Socceroos and went on a world tour after the, the Russian home games. 
And at that time, there was obviously players from interstate and the NSL was starting in 77. And uh, two of the guys from Adelaide uh, tapped me on the shoulder and uh, said that Adelaide City was very interested. And they had a Polish coach in Edmund Kreft. Uh, on the return from the tour, I actually stopped by in Adelaide and uh, signed the deal to play uh, for Adelaide City. Uh, came back to Perth and then a couple of weeks later, uh, went back to Adelaide. So it happened very quickly, but it, it obviously came about by obviously Adelaide City looking for reinforcements to their squad uh, with the new NSL starting. And they wanted to get one. You know, there was a couple that came from interstate, but majority of them were homegrown players in Adelaide. So fantastic to go there, and I have many close friends and associates in South Australia. As I said in the intro, earning a place in Australia's soccer team as a West Australian-based player was no easy task during the 1970s. So you must have been a heck of a player, Gary. And I gather when you played at Adelaide City, uh, it was a fantastic competition. Tell us about those days and you know how much success you had with Adelaide. Well, we had some very uh, well-known players. Um, you know, Johnny Perrin was a um, legend of South Australian football. Uh, Zoran Matic played uh, in the first year. He became one of the best coaches in the A-League. Uh, the Niskowitz brothers, R- Roger Romanovich, was the national team goalkeeper for a while as well. Now, we had some uh, electrifying players, but uh, there was, you know, for the Scots people out there, um, I was pretty fortunate that I was able to play 12 months uh and feed the ball to Dixie Deans up front. Uh, you know, mm. for for a guy that's five foot eight, to score as many goals as he did with his head uh, speaks volumes for the quality of the player. Um, and, and he used to practice and practice and practice. And to all the young fellas out there, uh, they need to take a leaf out of book of some of these old pros. You don't get to where you are without putting in uh, tons of effort. And Dixie, I know the, he came on a Saturday and we were playing Sunday at Olympic Sports Field. And we had a light training session. He was still out there half an hour, and I, I got tired trying to uh, <laughs> give him crosses so he could actually uh, practice heading the ball into the net. But uh, that's what the sort of the guy he was. I mean, he's a very revered player at Glasgow Celtic, and I know that he'd be over the moon now that you know um, Angie Postacoglu has got them back on top of the ladder. Gary, you're an attacking midfielder. You represent the country with distinction, including a memorable World Cup qualifying game against Iran of, in front of a 100,000 strong local crowd in Tehran in 1977. The team lost 1-0, but it must have been a heck of an experience. It certainly was, Peter, and it was uh, frightening as well. You know, I can imagine if we had won the game, uh, what would uh, you know, possibly could have happened because Iran had to win to qualify and um, I know as we came out at halftime, the score was nil all. We got pelted with uh, pomegranates. There was a moat uh, around the ground that obviously uh, there was a bit of distance, but uh, yeah, it was a very, how can I say, fearsome crowd. Uh, but that's to be expected. Uh, they, you know, you go and play in South America uh, like the Australians did when they played Uruguay. You know, they're knocking on your hotel uh, doors and windows and trying to keep you up all night, and... They'll do anything to win the game because that's how important playing in a World Cup is to these nations. And but it was a fantastic experience. I've never played under you know a crowd of a hundred thousand people in the stadium, but you just couldn't hear anything, Peter. It was electrifying. Yeah, as I mentioned in the intro, your first soccer inductee to the WA <coughs> Hall of Champions, which is quite an achievement. Uh, many of other firsts to your credit, including being the only player from WA to captain the national team. Uh, you led the uh, Australian team, the Socceroos, twice in 1978 during a tour uh, of Australia by Greece. What was it like wearing 
the captain's armband for your national team? First, Pete, I better correct you. I think uh, Trent Sainsbury, who's an Armadale boy, uh, who unfortunately missed out for the World Cup, has actually captained the team uh, in the absence. That's of, right, he uh, has Matt too. Ryan. Yes, so, he has in recent so, times. Correct. Um, and very disappointing that he missed out. And that must have been a very tough... I'd love to be around the dinner table when uh, the Arnolds are having... Because uh, he's married to Graham yeah, Arnold's... He's uh, a son-in-law. So it'd be, it's going to be an interesting Christmas uh, <laughs> banquet this year. But, uh, um, anyway, but uh, back to... Sorry, what was the... Yeah, sorry, just, so what was it like practice. captaining your nation? Wearing the captain's oh, armband for Australia. And it even made it even better uh, being against Greece because I've got quite a few uh, Greek friends. You know, in Adelaide, we our close uh, neighbours were West Adelaide Hullers, and we come back here to Perth, and who's our opposition number one opposition, Florida Athena. So I've got many Greek friends, and uh, you know, the the banter is very good between everyone. And but to to go out there and you know have the armband on that, Peter, that's an achievement, and I'll never forget that. Mm. Gary, before we let you go, of course, you came back as a player. You're a highly credentialed coach. Uh, you took uh, Perth Italia to the league championship uh, in 91, 92, 93. Also claimed the champion's crown when the Perth Kangaroos uh, competed in the Singapore Premier League, which is a forerunner, of course, to the A-League for the Perth Glory in 1994. When you look back over your, your coaching stint, you were the inaugural coach of the Perth Glory. Your thoughts on uh, your coaching with the Kangaroos, with Perth Italia, and, of course, with the Glory? Peter, it was a very, uh, how can I say, successful period, but uh, it was very difficult because I always had a full-time job and I'm a professional uh, structural engineer, and uh, which is quite a demanding uh, job. So, you know, maybe uh, come back another 25 years ago, um, maybe a full-time coach, may, uh, things may have been different, but it's very stressful when you're trying to combine the two, especially when you're in a position, you know, have a have a job of uh, seniority that um, you need to be uh, on the ball all the time because you're making some very uh, big decisions on structures and that. Uh, but it was, you know, I'd never want to change uh, what I've done. Uh, and I urge uh, all youngsters out there to strive for their goals. and But to get there, you've got to really work hard. And that's something that... Uh, you know, I try to uh, implement with uh, a lot of young kids that ask for advice, and uh, but it's really up to them. And parents have got to realise that you know, even though you put in the hard yards, sometimes you don't get to the um, the level that you want to get to. And you know, you've got to be able to accept uh, it's time to move on. And mm. you know, like I said, when I I finished with the glory, I decided to just take a complete break and then just step down a level. I didn't want to keep going at that level because it's very uh, stressful. Yeah. And uh, there's there's only two types of coaches, ones that are getting appointed and the ones that are getting sacked. So uh, <laughs> uh, you don't have a, you know, there's not very many Alex Ferguson's around yeah. in this world. But uh, it is, uh, you know, it is an achievement to you know, have been able to do what I have done. But uh, certainly I would have liked to have had more time to make, uh, you know, uh, other decisions that would have been probably in the best interests of, of my coaching career. But uh, I had a job and I had to feed the family as well. Yeah, good on you, Gary. Thanks for joining us, our Aussie interview of the month. Thanks for joining us, mate, and we'll keep in contact. We've got the A-League season coming up. Look forward to working you with you not on that a, coverage as well. Not a problem. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much, Peter, and thanks to the listeners for having, uh, having me on. Thank you. There okay. you go. The Getting to Know You segment, Gary Maraki, of course, all thanks uh, to... 
Buying Australian. Uh, look for the logo. Be sure it's Aussie. It's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.